Greetings, folks. Welcome to Finishing Well, podcast world. If you're 65 or older, we welcome you as a part of our senior generation. And in fact, if you're younger than 65, we also very much welcome you here. Whether you are older or younger, we hope that we can help through this podcast uh, in discussing how we can all live our lives and finish our lives well and with purpose. I'm Randy Hess, and I'm pleased to be here today with my good pal, Hal Hobaker. Hal founded Finishing Well Ministries, and in so doing, added this podcast to his ministry. And we're glad to be here together today. Hi, Hal. Hello, Randy. It's great to be with you again. And uh, you said it well. Our mission is to encourage us as we age to live well and finish well. God has ordained these years. They can be challenging. They can be uplifting. They can be lots of different things, but God has ordained them. He's leading us. And he has said, I want my joy to be in you. So that's our mission, to encourage others to fulfill and understand God's plan for our latter years. It's great to enjoy. I enjoy doing that with you, Randy. It's awesome. And I enjoy it with you, Hal. It's a lot of fun to figure out that plan uh, and get it in your head, uh, in a sense, that that plan that God has put us older folks in. And, and just a little note, Randy, uh, about the enjoyment of that. You, you know, I, I love sharing this information with churches, and you sat in on a session that we did two weeks ago from yes, nine to one in a local yes, church here in Dallas and watch these people process this information and it really encouraged them and they're striking out, uh, working this through in their own lives. It's great. It was awesome, Hal. I, I enjoyed it and uh, it, it fortified for me <clears throat> that the message does resonate with senior people deeply and widely out there. And churches are, uh, fortunately, for I think for the ministry, churches are uh, catching on to that idea that we can help that process. Well, uh, our topic for today is finishing well. Ministry starts in the family. It, it comes it comes out of uh, the biblical text on how we transmit information to others. You know, for the Hebrew mindset, you know, it starts in your relationship with God. God gives you children and it continues. You could go to Deuteronomy 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And you shall teach these things to your children in your home. When you rise up, when you sit down, when you walk in the way, and when you're home in your house, your home is marked by God's leadership which you experience, you share it with your spouse, and your home develops that way. Psalm 71, oh God, you've taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. Even when I'm old, old and gray, oh God, don't forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, starting in your home and all those around you, and your great works to all who are around me and yet to come. So the home is the springboard it's not the end, but it's the springboard for all of life 
as we continue to age. And my thesis is that doesn't stop when our kids leave home. You know, we're continuing to share the information with our grown kids, our grandkids, uh, people who are our grown kids age around us in our church, grandkids, the age, I mean, people in our church who are the age of our grandkids, and it spills out into a greater community because of what God has done in our life. That's my thesis for this podcast. I think uh, you're absolutely on the money, Hal, with the topic today. Starts in the family, starts with the family is important. And uh, we might even refine that or polish that just a tad and say it probably starts with a role in your family, doesn't it? Starts with the marriage. Absolutely. Expand on that. Tell me what you're thinking, Randy. Yeah, go ahead, Hal. I'm sorry. No, I I wanted you to expand a little bit on the marriage idea that you just brought up. Well, um, in a group that I meet with and you meet with monthly, I posed a trick question about what's the most important role in finishing well. And um, I think the trick is not that mind-bending, but it is that, you know, in essence, Uh, We all finish well if we start with our relationship with the Lord, don't we? And uh, so the role we have in in that context is uh, we men are adopted sons of the Lord and women are adopted daughters in their relationship with Christ. So if we start with that as our role, and if we get straight with our own relationship with the Lord, if we feel that it is strong, it is uh, guiding, it is leading us, then there is that next question, which is, so how? What do you want me to do here to finish well? What do you mean by that? Uh, Where do I start? What do I do? Uh, Where do I look? You know, what stone do I uncover (laughs) to find something to finish well with? And I think We're saying today that that is not a difficult question to answer. It's an important question for sure, but it's not difficult to answer. The answer is start with your family. Is that correct, Hal? Yes, it is, Randy. And I'll push it back one step further, even as you were intimating. You know, the, the first essential in living well and finishing well is your own personal growth. You know, so my first assignment as a husband, as a dad, as a friend, whoever, uh, whoever I am to others or myself, am I growing in my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, who brought me to himself through his grace, not my works, so that I might be a more complete representative of Jesus Christ, conformed to his image, Romans 8, 29. So am I growing in my spiritual life with Jesus as I live in all these different roles? So am I becoming more like him as a man? Am I becoming more like him as a husband? Am am I becoming more like him as a, a dad? Am I becoming more like him as a friend in my church? Am I growing in him? Am I connecting? Am I loving like him? And am I doing that? Am am I teaching my kids? Am I modeling for them? Yep. So we're never off completely off the hook, are we, Hal, in terms of exploring and kind of tending to 
our own attitude, our own outlook, our own heart about our family, our marriage, uh, about our friends, about everything. Even about our own personal growth. We're not paying attention to whether we're stagnant or not, are we? Mm-hmm. So, so I guess going back to the, the point you ask about, I think marriage, for me, just for, for my personal outlook, Hal, is the second then uh, relationship, if you will, uh, after the Lord, the second relationship that is critical to finishing well. And the reason I say that is that I think it's the foundation of the family. It's the foundation. And even though we have grown old together as a couple, we still have to keep working on our marriage. We still have to keep tending to it, or it just rots or just disappears almost if we, if we let it drift. I think. So I can't count on the fact that I was such a wonderful husband 30 years ago, can I? I just can't count on that. I can't count on the fact that I was a great father and husband 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Um, My spouse needs more attention than that and more and deserves more of our joint um, exploration of of our relationship. And if we don't keep talking and, and exploring it, 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 it's really tough for us to then move on, I think, Hal, <clears throat> to help other people, including other people in our family, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our other relatives. Very difficult because if we're not on the same page as a couple, we're going to be constantly fighting and bickering and and disagreeing on how to even be um, a welcoming sounding board, a welcoming confidant, a welcoming encourager to anybody else in our family. I think. I would agree, Randy. No, no questions asked. To the best of our ability. Are we growing in our marriage with the person God gave us for our spouse? From that, if, if I feel that we are continuing to nurture our marriage, I guess, and, and, and continuing to, I'm not saying even in that, that there won't be struggles, there won't be disagreements. Of course there will be. That's what happens in marriage. But if we continue to look at it as a covenant that we have made with God, then we we begin to put it first and above everything, and we begin to possibly um, show more grace and get less caught up in the petty conflicts that come up. Um, I'm not saying it's always going to happen, and I'm not saying it's always going to be comfortable, but I think we have to work at it, and that's part of our finishing well process is to work at that. But if we have worked at that and we said we're, uh, we, we do think we're on the same page, then we can try to help be there to tackle any uh, requests or, uh, that, that might come our way, if they do, from our kids or even our grandkids around 
what do you think or what can you say to me uh, in this situation or challenge I'm facing? Um, and if you're both on the same page, as I say, if you and your spouse are on the same page, you won't give them confusing, conflicting uh, advice. And in front of them, you won't be a role model for, for hypocrisy. Uh, they will look at you and say, you know, this couple that's giving me input, um, that the input seems to come from solid ground, from, from some kind of foundation that is years beyond where I'm at. And uh, I maybe, maybe I can, you know, at least accept it and take it to heart that, that it's genuine. And I think that's important to a lot of kids. But you know how you and I have talked about <laughs> a key concern or issue we have as older people in the world with kids and grandkids. And that is how to speak into a marriage of adult kids without stepping on it or belittling it or putting it down in some way, how to speak into it and help them and be an acceptable parent in that regard, you know, and talking to the parent, to the, to the children about their, uh, about the grandkids, for example, is very tough sometimes, at least in my world. And you don't know how far to go. You do not know what, whether it is, of value to try to open the door to even a discussion about some things. So our tendency, I think, often is to not do anything and just sit back and be quiet and don't make ourselves available even. So, you know, we stay out of the fray and we we <laughs> we don't uh <clears throat> offer much of any kind of service or help or uh backup for our kids. Um, and that really doesn't, I mean, when you think about it, that's not helpful either. So overstepping and, and maybe understepping the role of a parent is a problem. It's just an ongoing problem for people that are in, you know, in their 60s, 70s, 80s. Well, Randy, let me, let me share some things that aren't on my mind, as I think about the relationship with in the family, again, I'm thinking beyond the family as well. But let me let me comment just on on the family. Actually, beginning in our marriage, I mean, you you pay attention to your marriage if you're going to grow in your marriage. You pay attention to issues. You keep your ear to the ground. You care about your spouse. Okay, so when our kids are little, I care about them. I want to throw my whole light into my life into encouraging them, uh, helping them to discover new things. Okay, so then they get married and they leave home and they start families on their own. So my question, do I continue to pay attention to them and encourage them and keep my ear to the ground on their lives so that I'm there to lift them up? Somehow we get to thinking the more we age, the more the younger generations need our wisdom. No, I disagree with that. 
I think the more we age, the more we need to show our kids and our grandkids that we really love them and value them. We care about their dreams. We care about their shattered dreams. We care about their successes. We care about everything that's gone on in their lives. We pray for them. We want to encourage them. Uh, we want to go through hardships with them. We, we want to hear their heart a whole lot more than they need whatever information I have. You know, I just think about people who have shaped my life. People have shaped my life. Older people have shaped my life because they cared for me. You know, my parents, my dad, mom, I mean, other people around me. I am who I am today because other people have loved me. So I think the biggest charge of a parent of adult kids is simply to say, I love you. I care about your life. Tell me about it. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you're dreaming. I want to know what your hardships are. I want to be with you in every sense of the word. And, and yes, I have things that I want to share with you. And I think as I love them, God will open doors to encourage them, to pray for them, to share needs, et cetera. And I do that demonstrating what I'm doing in my life as well. So, you know, just like it starts with your marriage and paying attention to your spouse and encouraging her or him, it's the same thing with our grown kids. And I think many grandparents pay more attention to their grandkids than they do with their grown kids. And then let me add one more thing about that. I think that's really what discipleship is all about. Discipleship is not me teaching somebody else how they should do their lives. Discipleship is sharing with others what God has done in my life and encourage them to discover that in their lives. For example, Jesus training the 12. I mean, he came to teach them, but he came to show them his father's love and the relationship that he, Jesus, shared with his heavenly father and dependent on the Holy Spirit. So he's sharing his life with them and opening it up and all the hardships. Uh, the disciples watched all this unfold. So as we disciple others, and this is where you get to spiritual multiplication, you know, in the home, it's physical multiplication, but also spiritual mentoring, discipleship, teaching your kids the things of the Lord. And as I'm aging, I still want to do that with my grown kids. I want them to see my life and I want to encourage them in that process. So what happens in the home becomes the springboard for the whole church. And then this is where you get multi-generational impact in the church, where you have a whole generation of older people who are caring about the generations following them. And that's our fourth essential, you know, investing in generations around us, teaching them, like Psalm 71 says, uh, teaching them the value of trusting God. So that's how I put these two together, the aspect of finishing well personally, the aspect of finishing well in your marriage and your family, and it has a ripple effect across the church. Does that make sense? It does, Hal, and <clears throat> I think we are in agreement on on how critical it is uh, for those who want to finish well to pay attention, starting with the family, starting with the with the marriage and the family. Um, there are those I've uh, even joked around a little bit about how um, though who say you know um, I'm not sure that that. Role in the family is going to count for much for me. Uh, nobody seems to, you know, I don't think that, 
I think my time has passed. Um, I, you know, I don't, I can't, uh, I can't get things to work on my, on my phone and my grandkid comes over and fixes it in 30 seconds. Uh, my grandkid doesn't want to hear me explain how the world used to be and how far I had to walk, you know, to, uh, in the snow to go to school or whatever. Uh, there, you know, my time has passed. And so what influence can I have? What influence, you know, what, what could I say that would make any difference? You know, my, my kids uh, have their own lives. They, they're making their own way. They live in another area of the country even. They are, they are doing just fine, thank you very much. Uh, they're raising my grandkids, and everybody's doing okay. So, so Hal and Randy, <laughs> how can I be relevant to that? Because I don't think I, I mean, no matter, I don't know what I could say to them that would make much of a difference. And therefore, I don't know that I count much on my finishing wild journey with them. And we have argued a few times, more than once, uh, several times, that uh, we older, Folks, older generation folks, actually carry around a kind of a sphere of influence that is much wider than we think, and much more important than we think to to, to even our own family. We just don't realize it, and we don't because we don't maybe try to even go there or use it with them. That it that it seems like we're not saying anything to them that makes a difference in their lives. And I think you and I would argue, Hal, I, I may be wrong, but I think you and I are in agreement here that, you know, you don't have to create a whole new agenda for yourself or a whole new persona for yourself or a whole new, um, <laughs> a whole new makeup. You just be yourself and you just encourage where you can. and whether they acknowledge it or not, it will make a difference. If somebody's listening, more people than you think, because they do value you as the older person in the family. They do value you in some way that doesn't come up uh, visibly very often or even in feedback you get, but it's there. It is there. Uh, let me wrap it up. and. Uh this podcast in, in a way that I think about it this morning. You know, when my kids were little, I would love to take their face in my hands and get right up close to them and say, I love you more than you could ever imagine. You're the greatest person in the world. When they were adolescents, I'd do the same thing. As they age, they get a little bit more embarrassed if I take my hands and put them around their face and look straight in their eyes. But now that my kids are having their own families, the best message I can give to them is take their face in my hands and say, I love you so much. I am so proud of you. I'm praying for you. I want to be your best encourager. And when those grandkids come along, it's the same thing. So I'm doing the same thing to my spouse. You know, what's our command? Just I'll speak as a husband. 
A husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. First Peter 3 says, treat your wife as a fellow heir of the grace of life. You know, that's what God does. He loves me with an everlasting love. He lavishes his grace on me. And that's our charge to others around us as well. That's why Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love one another, not just your spouse, not just your kids, not just your grandkids, but be a part of the body of Christ and impact the world in that way. So, you know, our call to invest in others, starting with our own family, is a method of life. It's a way of life for us as long as we live. And how many people have older people in their life speaking that message of joy and delight into their lives? I think that's our mission as finishing well. It is a fight, as you mentioned. Paul said, I've finished the fight. You know, the devil wants to destroy all of this. So we need to press on and do that. I I really appreciate it. Any final words, Randy? No, Hal, that's a great summary you just gave. And I can't, uh, you know, I think I'm just going to say, let's use that. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this and you've grown through it. Think about it and let us know how we can encourage you more. And uh, may the Lord bless you in living well, finishing this day well, and let's finish our lives well. Like Moses said in Psalm 90, verse 17, confirm the work of our hands. Yes, Lord, confirm the work of our hands. May the Lord bless you, and let's keep our eyes on Jesus.